Bob, you say you actually do have trivia now? Yes. Oh, well, now I'm nervous because I don't actually know stuff. I was, just, uh, I was yeah. bluffing. I think for guys like us, this will be pretty simple. For guys like us, why, why do you have to do that? Yeah, you don't have to preface that. Bob. Yeah, like now he, you're gonna make me feel terrible if I miss a single question. Yeah. that's exactly why I did it. <laughs> See, a, I've been in that seat before. I get it. It's easy to to be the one asking the questions and make people feel dumb whenever they don't get it right. I, I understand how that works. Nah, I'm not gonna. There's nothing to feel dumb about. These are uh, you already literally just said that we should get it. Yeah, it's gonna be easy. So yes, if we don't get it, I'm gonna feel dumb. Well. Don't take it personally. Okay. It won't it won't be that bad. Fair enough. Alright. We'll start with the easiest one. Okay. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. It's time to start getting in the mood. Let's hear it. Focus. What teams have won the most Super Bowls? We need some music too, Sam. Some like, you know, like what music who, would you even go who to? Who wants to be a millionaire type music? <laughs> That's what I was going to say, but I didn't know if Sam would even know what Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is. Is that still culturally relevant to nah, the kids these days? I know what it is, but I don't. Because yeah. I still remember you know, how big of a deal it was as a kid to watch those. And every night, whenever they'd run it, sometimes they'd run it every night during the week. You know, Whenever Regis was really, a sweep weeks maybe, or whenever it was time. Like, that was such a great show. Dun, dun. Uh, mo- so is it a tie? It is a tie. It is a tie. Yeah, I've already missed that. Who's won the most Super Bowls, you said? Who has won the most Super Bowls? What teams have won the most Super Bowls? Well, it's the Patriots. That's one. We're off to a bad start. The second one, okay, so I know the Steelers wanted one for the thumb. That's what they were saying, but it was that back in 06 whenever they did it, and then they ended up, they didn't win another one after that. No, they did. They beat the Cardinals. The Steelers have six? They do. Yeah. I had a friend from Pennsylvania, and his mom used to always say, one for the thumb. That is what Back in say. the mid-2000s. They wanted one for the thumb, but then they won another one. So a lesser man like Sam might have said the 49ers or somebody like that, but not but me. Those were both Ben Roethlisberger wins, yep. right? Yeah. They cheated the one in the Cardinal. They cheated the Seahawks game. That Seahawks game was crooked. You'll never be able to convince me the officiating was, wasn't crooked in that game. All-time bad officiating in the – the Seahawks Steelers Super Bowl, and I would never forgive that if I was a Steeler, uh, a Seahawks fan. Roethlisberger was like we we've talked a lot right now basketball season about South Carolina. He was kind of like the South Carolina basketball of NFL quarterbacks to me. That of, of this year, South Carolina. Okay, yeah, South yeah. Carolina's a program. Okay, Correct. you know I think you would be surprised if you went back and looked at his stats and saw a couple of those four thousand yard passing seasons. There was some years where they kind of lit it up, and when he had the you know Antonio Brown and. Martavis Bryant and those guys. Like yeah. there was a couple years where he was really slinging it, but ultimately for most of his career, I would agree. It's kind of rough. He uh, he was like he was like the South Carolina basketball program, but only if they got to play Kentucky. <laughs> so they're still kind of grit and grindy, but they score a lot of points. Yeah. What teams haven't appeared in a single Super Bowl? What teams haven't appeared in a Super Bowl? How many are there? There are four. There are four teams in the NFL. Well, two are easy. The Texans and the Jaguars. Correct? Those are correct. The... Sam, where's our music, man? I couldn't find anything. Just anything. Yeah, (laughs) even if it's Um, Toby Keith and Memoriam stuff. Oh, no, I don't want to get sad and hear Toby. I'm going to say the Browns have also not made a Super Bowl. 
Is that correct? That's correct. And the Lions have also not made us. No, actually, the Lions maybe. No, you just just yeah, stop Lions, yourself. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Yeah, you got it right. You're two and zero oh, right so now. So good at this. Two for two. Look at this big brain over here, Sam. And imagine that my skull is off, and you're kind of like Hannibal Lecter, and you just see all these wrinkles on this brain from how much knowledge I've acquired. Because you know, the more wrinkles you have, the more your brain, the more knowledge, the smarter it is, and it's just so wrinkled. <laughs> Like like I'd been sitting in a shower, a bath for like three hours. Actually, I had a dream about that last night. That somebody I was talking to had been in a bath for like six hours and their skin was completely pruny. That's what my brain looked like when it comes to NFL knowledge, at least through two questions. That's good. Okay, so sticking with winning, appearing, participation in general, what team has participated in the most Super Bowl games? Tom Brady. No, what team? <laughs> Whoever Tom Brady's on. Uh, I would does he have the most appearances by a player? Do you have that stat? Because I'd imagine he does, right? I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, but I would the think most that's team true. that's appeared. The team that's appeared the most. Okay, let's see here. <sighs> so the Patriots have won six. I'm not, that's not my answer. I'm just working through it, okay? I got you. Won six, lost four. Is that right? Brady lost four with the Patriots. They lost one to the Packers. That's 10. It's a pretty high number. Does anybody have more than 10? The Cowboys would have played not in 10. 49ers, have they played in more than 10? Yeah, go back to the old school. The Packers, they played in, they played in what, three recently? Four recently. The Patriots feel like the obvious answer. They can't be right. Can they? Can the Patriots be correct? The Broncos have played in a lot, but not 10. Five seconds. Give me... I don't feel good about this one. I'll just go with the Patriots, but that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. You're three for three, the wow. Patriots, because you were right. Six and four in the Brady era. and then they, Six and three in the Brady era. Six and, and the, three. The one they lost to the Packers and the... Mid nineties as well. That and then eighty six, they lost to the Bears. The Bears, yeah. Okay. So, okay. I was nervous about that one, Sam. <laughs> I was nervous about that one. All right, this was going to be one we're going to pull John and Sam in. How much does the Lombardi Trophy weigh? Okay, well, I, Sam, you're going to answer this one because I'm not putting my undefeated record <laughs> on line here. No, no chance. Um, it doesn't look too heavy when those guys are hoisting it up there. I'm going to guess. 17 pounds. That's a good guess. I was going to guess 20 to 18 is what I, is what I was thinking. You'd both be wrong. This is a surprise. It doesn't, you said it doesn't look that heavy because it's not. It's seven pounds. Mm. Okay. So, which is smart. You think about it, if they're going to lift it up and stuff, you don't want it to be like it's, you know, something super heavy. Am I picturing the Super Bowl trophy or am I picturing the MVP trophy? I don't know. What does, the, what does the Super Bowl trophy look like? It's just the one. With, it's, it's like the silver the, one with the ball, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just the ball. Okay. Does that MVP get a trophy? That's the, the one super, I'm picturing. No, football? I'm picturing that one. But I was picturing like Brady holding it up all the time, so I didn't know if that was the actual trophy. But it's bejeweled, you know. It's got it's got some heavy stuff in it. Just for the record, that doesn't count on my record. Um, doesn't count. Which Super Bowl halftime show? What year? Okay, now we're talking. This is where I can start putting the years together. Let's go. Proceeded a stadium blackout. Okay, that was Beyonce, and that was the Ravens versus the 49ers, and that would have been 2014. 
So it'd be Super Bowl 48. They're saying here, I'm, I'm gonna, we will waive it. It won't count towards your record because it, it's too. It says, it, well, it's in 2013. Well, the 13th season, but the 14th yeah, Super that's Bowl. Yeah, that's Is that not how that broke down? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It, it was Ravens 49ers, here. and I'm pretty sure that was 2014. Yeah. Actually, actually, I think I'm wrong. I think it is 13. Yeah, it didn't specify. It is 13. I it, was would... the, it was the Ravens 49ers, but I'm pretty sure that is 13. Okay, here's another one. Another yeah, because 14, 14 was. 14 was Denver, Seattle. So 13 was Ravens, 49ers. Yeah, I was wrong on that. Um, but I had the matchup right. And the artist. And it was in New Orleans. So I'll take 75% credit. What two cities have hosted the most Super Bowl games? Well, pretty soon it's going to be Vegas. I think they'll come back to Vegas like once every three years now moving forward because it just seems like the perfect place to have it. I'm going to miss this one. Is Los Angeles one of them? No. I was thinking maybe they had a lot in the 80s for some reason. Miami, one of them? Miami is one of them. Glendale? I mean, Sorry, the, what was it? The city that's hosted the most. like Two cities. Would, would have, Phoenix have a lot back in, the, back in the day? I mean, I know they've gotten them recently, but. Two cities have hosted the most Super Bowl games. Who are they? Miami's one. So there's another. And Los Angeles is not the And other I answer. felt the other one was pretty obvious. Okay. If that helps. I would kind of think Arizona too, maybe. That's what I was thinking, but I don't know. I don't have a better guess than Glendale slash Phoenix. New Orleans. Yeah. Mm, that's easy. Because if you think about it. I in, just mentioned New Orleans too. Weather, all that stuff, it's indoors. So... Although one of the first super, one of the earliest Super Bowls was at Tulane Stadium, which was outdoors. Really? Yeah, way back before the NFL was the mega monster it is now. Well, just for the record, Arizona has the weather too that yeah. New Orleans has, and it's indoors. I assume, right? I mean, like the Cardinals have been indoors as long as I can remember. I don't yeah, know. it's just there. also like the oldest team, the oldest franchise. So I mean, it wasn't a terrible well, not, not in Arizona though. Sure, the Cardinals. Yeah. Where were they at originally? St. Louis, Louis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, this one seems super easy, but I'll go ahead and ask it. Who won the Super Bowl the year of the infamous wardrobe malfunction? That's not easy. Oh, come on. That's not easy. That was 2000. I mean, I think it was 2000. Yeah, that was a bit of a Patriots year. That's the Patriots. Yeah. But like the year it was in, I, I couldn't remember if it was 03 or 04, but they won both those years. So, Well, they won both those Super Bowls, but I guess 04, 05 was the actual yeah. Some cool years. Okay, here's one. This is a good one. There are only, there are five teams that have won Super Bowls, but only have won one Super Bowl. So five teams have only won one Super Bowl. Yes. Ooh, okay, that's a good one. Okay, that's a good one. You guys need to crowdsource this uh, one between you. Um, only one Super Bowl. Yeah, it's going to take some time to go through. Because the Rams have won two. The Bucks have won two. Are the Saints on there? The Saints sound like a good answer. Good job by you. That's one. That's one. Would the um, Colts winning in 06. That wasn't their only one, was it? No, I don't think so. The 
Right? Have the Eagles won multiple? The Eagles have won. Eagles might be one. Eagles are one. Yeah. Sorry. Eagles are one. Eagles are yeah. one of them. So okay. now you have two. And there's how many? Five? Five. So you got three more to get. One I will be shocked if you get, to be perfectly honest with you. So that that that's going to be very, very tough. Sam, I, I don't know if I feel great about this one, but I'm going to go for it. So if I miss it, I'm sorry. Okay. And you can live on. You can carry on. Washington. No. I like that guess. That's fine. Damn. Washington had a moment where they were. Well, I knew they were in the Super Bowl. I thought they dominant. Yeah, I thought they only won the one though in the early '80s. I thought they. Yeah, I think they won two, okay. maybe, and then yeah, and then the Raiders beat their ass. Yeah. Ah, uh, blew it, Sam. <laughs> Come on, you're all right. You get, let's. You it's know. on Sam now. He can do it. I missed. I'm out. Um. Let me go. I'm going through divisions here. Well, we can't. Let me go. Uh, the uh, the Seahawks. Yes, Sam. Sam. That's that's three now. We're down to two. You can do it, Sam. Come on. And I'll I'll give you a little ones AFC, ones NFC. One's well, AFC and one's NFC. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> I feel like these probably aren't super recent, which is not. Oh, good there's for one me. that just came to my mind. That's right. not right. Actually, never mind. This music's good, by the way. Okay. Where'd you get it? it, it this is our old, this is Charlie and I's old opening drive segment. <laughs> Washington's actually won three Super Bowls. Good guess, idiot. Idiot. <sighs> Come on, Sam. We, we gotta. Yeah, we need, we need an answer, Sam. Um, you gotta give me one in the next 10 seconds. The. Vikings, I don't know. They've definitely won more than the more. Jets. The Jets. Jets, are they on there? Jets are on there. Yeah. That's the one I didn't think you guys would get. Honestly. Yeah, Namath, Super Bowl three. Yeah. The, N- the last one. The NFC team. I don't have a clue who that would be. Can I get? Uh, is it long time ago? Um. Yeah, kind of. Hey, you weren't around. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs> NFC. NFC. What kind of weather? That's all. I'll, that's all I'll ask. What kind of weather does this city have? Oh, uh, depends on time of year, but it's it's cold. Depends on the time of They're year. They're not counting St. Louis, are they? No. Yeah, I was gonna say because the Rams. I don't have a guess. Just tell us the answer. Just tell us. Let's Chicago Bears. Wow. I wouldn't have gotten that. Only one. I guess that makes sense. We had just talked yeah. about the '86 Super Bowl too. And meanwhile, um, I liked that one. And meanwhile, there's a, a thinker. I'm disappointed. In you, yeah, and I'll just mention this. This is a bit of trivia. I'm not going to ask the question. What team has played in four Super Bowls but never held a lead? They've never won a Super Bowl, obviously, because they've never held a lead. It's the Vikings. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it's worse than the Bills. Yeah, it At least is. it wasn't four straight years, I guess. All right, that was a nice little Trey Wallace had a flat tire and couldn't come to a segment with us, <laughs> so we had to fill 20 minutes. But good job by you, Bob. Yeah, I'm mad good. at myself for missing the Beyonce question. I knew with the Super Bowl is a year off, though. Yeah, you were you were pretty much yeah, on it. Yeah, um, 2013. The good news is we have more of these if we get canceled by any other guests. That's good. Hopefully nobody else cancels on us. Stick with us. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio.
back on the program as we get you through your Tuesday. Trade deadline in the NBA just a couple days away. A couple interesting things there. Uh, a big name just keeps kind of surfacing for an otherwise quiet trade deadline. Bob, the name that keeps coming up and the argument that keeps happening is the Los Angeles Lakers and the future of LeBron James. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I never thought that this would intensify like it has, but it's it's actually become a thing. Well, it's a thing because the the future is running out for the Lakers and LeBron yeah. James. Or or I guess I should say the time is running out and the future is quickly approaching and no one lasts forever. And also there's the weird contract situation where he has a player option at the end of the year. He came out and said he's unsure of whether or not he's going to take it and pick it up and make his $50 million next year if he's going to test free agency. It seems like we have kind of collectively agreed to quit pretending like Bronny James is a one and done college basketball player. Like no one's, no one's even going through the pro the process yeah. of ranking him or mocking him even in the second round anymore because he's not a NBA player yet. Despite what LeBron tried to say a month ago about how he could play for the team, the Lakers now, which was a, you know, a double handed, it was a back compliment to the, or it was a, it was a, Insult to his teammates and him trying to gas up his son. It was a double-fisted punch, maybe. I don't know how else to explain it. But I think we kind of quit with the whole Bronny James is going to the NBA thing after a year. Yeah, I think so. I was going to say that, too. I just feel like that's the that's not an option. And, you know, if you're LeBron getting to his age, um, if I were him, it'd be obviously charming to be able to play with your son. But if you want your legacy to be more titles – it doesn't look like it's going to happen in L.A. No, I mean, the Lakers are riding a little bit of a win streak. They have kind of, I don't want to say rotted the ship because that's not true. And last night, one of the wins they had was against the was against the Charlotte Hornets, right? So, like, that's not really doing much for you. But they've played a little bit better. Maybe strangely enough, they one of their best game they played was when LeBron sat against Boston. And, like, it was like the rest of the teammates were happy he was gone and that cloud wasn't over them. They ended the New York Knicks win streak on Saturday, so they are playing a little bit better. But, like you said, they are not championship-level good. They're not even, like, secure first round in the playoffs good. It's going to be another tall task to win, win even a series in the playoffs. So, in a trade deadline where the biggest star being linked to being moved is maybe DeJounte Murray, another clutch client, LeBron James, maybe should be the biggest that moves. Because I do think he is still good enough to swing the title race. Did you see his dunk last night on Nick Richards by chance? It was blown up on social media. I mean, for a 39-year-old man to do what he did, um, it's, it's incredible. It really is. He's still playing at a really high level. Yeah. You know, you can't say he's in his prime. You can't say the best level he's ever played at because that's stupid. Can't even say he's a top five player really anymore in the league, or at least top four. Those are kind of set in terms of the guys who bring it every night and can do it both sides. You know, either do it both sides of the court or, you know, just really, really at a different level offensively when you look at someone like Luka. But, like, LeBron's still a top ten player. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Bob, when you talk about 
the ring chasing mode. And if he is going to try to win another championship, is it more valuable to do it in L.A. and try to do it in L.A.? Or is it more valuable to try to do it on a team that, you know, is better equipped to do it, but also would be, you know, your fourth franchise that you brought a championship to? There was a little bit of chatter a couple of weeks ago about how he could fit at Philadelphia, but that obviously has changed dramatically now with what's going on with Embiid because it sounds like he's going to miss at a minimum, the bulk of the regular season that's remaining. However, if you get a LeBron James, a pair of Tyrese Maxey, you could keep afloat and hope that yeah. Embiid could come in. I don't know if that's a championship-level team even with LeBron, though. You would think it would be, but like if it's just Embiid, Embiid and LeBron, is that drastically different than LeBron and Anthony Davis? I mean, I know Embiid is more reliable offensively, but also more willing or more – more postseason failures and and coming up small in the postseason versus Davis, who, yeah, it's it's you're right, it, and it's players three, four, and five. Are they that much different than the Lakers? Maxie's having a great season, obviously. Tobias is consistent for the most part, but um, yeah, that's probably not that great of a you know. It's not like a slam dunk. Well, plus, you're probably up. having to trade, yeah, at least Tobias in that scenario True. to to get LeBron. So that. Team makes sense, so I'd like to see them there. I just don't know if if you're LeBron, if you're like this, definitely gets me over the hump, or this, you know, going all the way to Philadelphia, if it's worth it. I do think that there are a couple of franchises that are very that are both very interesting, and both would be big resume moves. Like I think the the big name out there, the big team out there that has the assets that could tickle the market, and that would you know go maybe further than winning a championship anywhere else would be the Knicks. And I think if you're the Knicks and you're equipped with all the draft picks they have, I think you at least are calling the Lakers and you're calling LeBron's agent just saying, hey, is there any interest in coming? Because right now the Knicks are maybe the second best team in the East. I don't know who in the East is better than them outside of Boston. Like when you look at Embiid's injury and you look at the mess that the Bucks are defensively and going through their transition to Doc Rivers, the Cavs are playing well. They're right there neck and neck, which would also be an interesting legacy play to go back to Cleveland again. Yeah. But, like, the Knicks. Like, I think winning a title in New York has to be worth a lot. They haven't done it in, you know, 50 years. They haven't won one since, the seven, you know, since I think, 70. You know, the one I thought of that it's not realistic, but, boy, would it create <laughs> total – Chaos, disdain, whatever you want to call it, was somehow if LeBron ended up with the Clippers. Yeah, I don't think the Clippers want to mess with what they got going on right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe if you could be like, hey, James Harden for LeBron, like maybe they would make that make sense. But no, the Clippers are rolling so well, and that's clearly Kawhi's team. By the way, Sam, bookmark this. Kawhi at 60-1 to to win MVP seems like really inflated odds right now when you look at the stretch he's been on in their yeah. last 30 games. I saw... Woj tweet kind of the numbers out there and and just in his last 30 games with the Clippers the Clippers are 25 and 5 Kawhi's averaging 26 points on 57% from the field 51% from 3 mm. he's the first player to average 25 points on 55 50 90 shooting over any 30 game span of all time so when you're telling me that I can maybe get him at 60 to 1 and the Clippers have the best odds in the league maybe worth a sprinkle Maybe worth a sprinkle. But, no, the Clippers isn't the California team I have in mind, Bob. <laughs> so, what? So okay, so you're talking Golden State? 
I think Golden State's the most intriguing. Clay Thompson got benched last night. He's kind of crying about that and saying it's tough. I think, you know, his dad played with the Lakers. They have Jonathan Kaminga. They have a couple draft picks. You send that out for LeBron, and then you just have a really fun old head team. Or even if it's just an Andrew Wiggins, and you're trying to piece together some salary. but like Or Chris Paul and picks, whatever you have to do. But like watching Draymond, Steph, and LeBron does seem like it would be kind of fun at the end of their career there. That'd be interesting, and the great irony is the all of a sudden it doesn't sound like Draymond. You know, for a while I thought Draymond was going to be on his way out there, but I it's it, the the odds are more towards Clay Thompson than than Draymond right now. Yeah, both Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins are both like in trouble there in in in, in Golden State. Like Clay's bench, Clay's not really effective anymore. He's due big money this off season. He's saying he still wants the big money. The Warriors have to know, like, hey, we're not we're not giving you big money. So, like, you could maybe send him to L.A. Like I said, attach Kamingo as a good young player for, for the next two years of LeBron. Maybe it's Chris Paul. But, yeah, Draymond's locked in. Draymond's Steph's guy. And if you are the Warriors, you might have to be looking at swinging big because you don't want to waste the last years of Steph's prime either. You owe it to Steph to try to go out and win some games. I would think Kamingo's getting near untouchable for a trade, right? I think he's he's playing well, playing at a high level. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying if you're trying to entice the Lakers for LeBron. They, yeah, Lakers might require something like that. Sure. Right? Sure. Jordan Moore's riding in here with a uh, a little trade that he made on a trade calculator to send LeBron to the Heat. Back to the Heat. I mean, there's something there, too. So, like, LeBron's exes, I mean, you can always get back together. You're looking at Cleveland, and hey, like me and Donovan Mitchell, that's looking pretty good. Darius Garland, it's no coincidence that the Cavs kind of got better whenever they just kind of, you know, when Garland was hurt and the whole Mitchell-Garland problem was solved, and you got some bigs, and you got a talented wing player, Darius Garland and, like, Max Struess, and some picks, get him to Cleveland, or what's Jordan think for Miami? So this would probably go around Hero? or Yeah, yep. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Caleb Martin. They're not giving up much if they did that. I mean, there would be some picks in that too. Yeah, I mean, although you know, hero can't defend to save his life, but he can. He's he's a bucket getter for sure. Well, I don't know how much you have to actually give up to get LeBron. If LeBron tells them like, "Hey, I'm going to decline my option next year," he's a he's a he's a free agent if he wants to be. So, like, I mean, if you're able to get Tyler Hero back, that's a that's a big piece for the future, or at least a piece for the future. Now, I don't know how good Hero actually is or, you know, how valuable you view paying him, you know, $30 million a year to basically be, I don't want to say a twin to Austin Reeves, but those two playing together doesn't seem like it would make sense. But I think Reeves is better. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, probably, like all around. Yeah, you know? yeah, probably. But, like, you know, Hero's at least a piece, and, and Caleb Martin can play. And, you know, yeah, going back down to Miami, and so that would leave them with Bam and Jimmy and well, yeah. and LeBron. And Jaime Jaquez. Jaime Jaquez and Terry Rozier. I mean, I don't know if that team's good enough to to win the East either, but, you know, the Heat have won the East with less. So maybe it's good enough to win the East, but not good enough to win the title. It'd be interesting. Like, I do think the the league would benefit from these trade rumors for LeBron really ramping up over the next couple of days because I do think he fits with basically every team because he is a basketball genius, but also, like... He he has ties either in the past or 
legacy-wise. I mean, him and Steph have been linked together forever. Although if you're LeBron, maybe you don't want to be tied to Steph winning another championship and also doing it on his team because that's kind of a trump card, right? If Steph says, yeah, I got Durant and LeBron to come to me, that's a pretty big trump card legacy-wise. I actually like, the more I think about it, I actually like the Miami one. I think it's interesting. To your point, I don't know if it's enough to win the East. but um, I like the Knicks one, man. I like the Knicks one. Well, if you're if you're LeBron and you're thinking about legacy to say you won in L.A. and in New York, right? It's pretty impressive. You brought a title to the Mecca. Yeah, that one's interesting to me. You know, I know they got like the Evan Fournier expiring contract, and I'm sure they could piece together a couple, but that that would be a big swing. And you know, he he dropped that on Saturday. I don't know if you saw. He said he's always dreamed of playing in New York. He's like still thinks about playing in New York. I don't know if that was him. Like, hey, I want to stay relevant, write these stories about me, get me in the news. Or if it's like, hey, I'm going to be a free agent this offseason. Or, hey, come trade for me. God, he manipulates the media well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, like, he, he came out and was like, hey, yeah, I'm not going to request a trade. But then followed that up today or yesterday was saying, we're undecided on our future with the player option. You know, maybe to him that's holding Los Angeles' feet to the fire to go and get him a, a, another player to go and try to get somebody there and trade somebody there and, like, get D'Angelo Russell out of there and trade a couple picks to go find somebody. But I just don't know who they can find right now that makes them a contender. Like, DeJounte Murray's not ultimately moving the needle for that team. No. You could have said maybe Zach Levine would have been a perfect, like, number three for them because he's a scorer and kind of gives takes the burden off LeBron there and helps Anthony Davis. But, of course, he's out for the season. Bringing DeMar DeRozan back to L.A., doesn't get them over the hump either. So, like, I don't know what move they really have to go and get a lot better. But if you're him and you're 39 and you're still playing at his level, like, you don't want to waste your, one of your last good chances for a championship. Maybe they'll bring Alex Caruso back. Never should have let him go. Yeah. Never should have let him go. And, like, he's Alex Caruso is the perfect role player for LeBron, which is even crazier that they let him go, but... I don't know if offensively he's getting them over the hump either. Like no. I don't know if he is, nah. if he is, you know, going to do anything special for them. But I don't think it'll happen. But I, I really hope, for the sake of the trade deadline, those rumors really ramp up over the next couple of days because they don't play again until Thursday night. So they're going to be riding their little win streak, and the future of LeBron's kind of up in the air, and he's playing chicken with the franchise. But they don't play again, but until the trade deadline is over. Heat it up, huh? Send him back to Miami. I don't know if him and the Pat. I don't know if him and Pat Riley ever squashed the beef. Did they? Because that that breakup was bad, and then Pat Riley, for as cool as he was recruiting LeBron, kind of went scorched earth after LeBron left. Yeah, and talked about running from the grind. Kind of that was the message Pat Riley had was they didn't want guys that ran from the grind. So I don't know how that sat with Pat Riley when LeBron brought him to Vegas and made him pitch him on keeping him in Miami when he knew he was leaving and kind of just kind of, I don't want to say embarrassed Pat Riley, but basically godfathered Pat Riley, made Pat Riley squirm and chase him. So I don't know if that relationship has been repaired enough. That's heat culture for you. LeBron and Jimmy would be a pretty cool duo. Yeah. I've had enough of the LeBron James, Anthony Davis duo. I want to see him play with somebody else. Anthony Davis is pretty maddening. I mean, he obviously super talented, but I just how can you how can you bank on him? You can't. 
He was pretty good in the play-in championship or the in-season championship against your Pacers. He was pretty dominant in that one. He sure was, but but then you don't know what you see the next week. You Outside know? of a neutral site, he, you can't really rely on him. Yeah. You know, he was great in the bubble, too. and Yeah. And, and was great in the in Vegas for the in-season in, in championship. But, yeah, no. Wasn't a uh, – isn't reliable. Anybody has to keep repeating, I'm that guy or I'm him. You know, he's had to do that like three or four times over his career. That tells you there's questions. Who are you trying to convince? Yeah, exactly. If you're that guy, you don't have to tell people you're that guy. <laughs> exactly. Because when you walk in the room, they're like, oh, that's that guy. When when Austin Reeves does it, I get it, right? He's trying to hype himself up a little bit. Yeah, that I got, but and I don't need to see Anthony Davis doing it regularly. Especially like Anthony Davis is one thing if Austin Reeves, who was an afterthought and kind of, I don't even know if he's a second-round pick or undrafted, but like his spot in the league is, you know, new and he's fighting for it. He's trying to announce himself. You're the number one pick, bro. You're yeah. the number one pick. You're supposed to be a superstar. You don't have to run around saying you're that guy. I think Reeves was undrafted. Yeah, I was going to say either late second round or undrafted, but yeah. All right, there's your NBA kind of touch base on that. Again, bookmark this point. Kawhi Leonard, 60-1. to one. Intriguing. Definitely intriguing. Intriguing. I think I'm going to sprinkle that and ride it for the rest of the year. Stick with us. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Ever. The segment's brought to you by Knoxville Smiles. Don't put off your dental visits any longer. Dr. Stephen Malone and his staff are going to take care of you, and they specialize in listening to and communicating with their patients to help them make the best decisions about their dental health. They do it all at Knoxville Smiles. Whether you've been thinking about Invisalign or veneers or just need a restorative procedure like a filling, You can contact Knoxville Smiles at 865-539-1776 to set up an appointment. If you want to get familiar with their state-of-the-art facility, you can take a tour at KnoxvilleSmiles.com. They're located out west. Easy in, easy out. KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Some NFL news we haven't hit, kind of circling the Super Bowl and the, the, the outer skirts with the coaches. First of all, a Belichick did get hired. His baby boy is now the defensive coordinator at the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. Sam, your thoughts on that? Yeah, did it surprise you? Um, not super surprising. Uh, you know, Jed Fish used to work with the Patriots, and he kind of was working under Fish. So I think those two have kind of a solid built a pops, relationship. Do what? I think he's kind of doing a solid for his pops. Yeah, so giving him a job. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Kind of crazy there's not going to be a Belichick in the NFL because that is crazy. They let the son Steven. I mean, he was he was the one that was calling plays mm-hmm. in New England. I, you know, him and him and Mayo got credit for being co-defensive coordinators, and I guess the breakdown was Mayo was doing all the coordinating, and they just let Steven call the plays to feel important. I don't know, but he has headed to Washington to be the defensive coordinator. I don't know how that guy will recruit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're just leaving that all to Jed Fish. I don't know. Well, on one hand, I mean, it might be an easy sell. Like, hey, my dad's the greatest NFL coach of the last 50 years. I would say to him, you're not your dad. Yeah. <laughs> just because you shot Jesse James don't make you Jesse James. Just because you were, you know, you came out of Papa Belichick don't make you Papa Belichick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, uh, sure. But, I mean, they say, hey, I know what it takes to win in the NFL. And if you if you commit to me, I'll get my dad to call you. Yeah. <laughs> How about a little 15-second FaceTime with the old man? How about that? So we had that uh, Washington, the NFL franchise. 
they hired Cliff Kingsbury, which means that their offensive coordinator that was there this year, Eric Bieniemy, is now without a job. Bob, your thoughts on Eric Bieniemy going from stud offensive coordinator in Kansas City to head coach holdout where people are mad he's not getting a job to he leaves to go to Washington. Kind of looked like he was winning the breakup early in the season when Sam Howell was playing well and the Chiefs right. offense was struggling, but now he's out of a job. Yeah, it's not a not a great look for his uh, his prospects for the next job. I, I think he'll end up somewhere else, though. He still has enough traction from what he did in Kansas City. The sample size with Washington, like you said, got off to a good start, but it's probably not large enough to say it was a failure there. He can just say he was chewed up in the gears of change, you know, and mm-hmm. Uh, he'll end up somewhere, but uh, I, I didn't even think about that casualty when they announced Kingsbury, which is another thing that bothers me about Kingsbury, quite honestly. You know, somebody somebody loses as a result of this. Yeah, I mean, that's that's on Dan Quinn, though. Dan yeah. Quinn's the one that made the decision. If you're Kingsbury, yeah, I'll take the job. Sure. Maybe Vegas calls Biennemi. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe Biennemi and Belichick and Vrabel, and they can all start a little group chat. Josh McDaniels can hop on that, too. I don't think he has a job, does he? Uh, you know, they can maybe get together. Add Brandon Staley. A fired coach's podcast for the season. Frank Reich. I'd listen to that. Well, I was going to say, all those guys there at least had high standing in the league at one point. I don't know if Frank Reich ever had high standing as a head coach. Uh, no. Yeah. Got a lot of money, though. He did get a lot of money, but, like, you know, the other guys, at least at one point, all seemed to be hot commodities. Of course, Belichick, of course, was a hot commodity, but the way they treated Vrabel you know, during his firing was that he was going to name his next job. And instead, we were left with yesterday the, re- the report from Diana Rossini that says, and this might be just a Hail Mary from his agent, but basically saying he didn't get a job because he's intimidating. Not because of his big brain, but because just physically he's too intimidating for a lot of these people he's meeting with. That his five frame or six foot four frame and his, you know, in-shape body is just too intimidating and imposing for the people interviewing him. And that leads to them not wanting to hire him. That's weird. Well, especially when Dan Campbell is bigger exactly. than him and is in, is in the NFC Championship. That's exactly but. what I was thinking about. It, was like it seemed to be working fine for Campbell. Um, I think there might be something to Vrabel being intimidating slash being kind of a jerk and being standoffish and maybe having the having the stink on him a little bit right now. And like if you're in the front office, I hadn't really considered this, but like basically like if you're in the front office, you're going to side with Rand Carthen. And said that, like, I think Washington, for example, like, his the person making the decisions there is friends with Rand. And was like, he's not going to hire the guy that Rand just fired. Yeah, they both work together in San Francisco. Yeah, was like, I'm not going to go and hire the guy that my friend just fired. It it makes him look bad. And also, it's me saying I don't trust, like, kind of his takeaway of of what he thought about Vrabel. You know, not necessarily publicly, but, you know, the the rumors that were out there. So that's how far Vrabel fell from from coaching Savant to, wow, the Titans are so dumb, he's going to get a job immediately. So, okay, now it's down to a couple interviews, and now it's just like, well, actually, he's just too big and imposing. He's too scary. I do think about that Vrabel press conference not too long ago where he kind of, you know, teed off on the reporter, talked about it's hard losing, and, you know, it was a different – it's a definitely a different kind of vibe than even a Dan Campbell would give, you know. I mean, it was – you know, Vrabel was clearly pissed by the question – couldn't you know? It, it, I don't know what his his outcome, what he was trying to get there. I think Dan Campbell gives you passion. Right. Vrabel gives you pissed off. Correct. I think there's a, there's a fine line there. Like Vrabel's combative. 
yeah. whenever he's upset. He's combative. He's the smartest guy in the room. Now, I'm not saying that passion is wrong and, you know, him saying that losing sucks, you know, isn't accurate. But, like, the way he presents it, yeah, it does just seem like not conducive to, you know, a collaborative environment inside that inside yeah. the, those football facilities. That, that tone was more, why did you ask me that question? Correct. Versus, yeah, it sucks to lose. Because Campbell would say that, too, but he'd say it in a different way. Speaking of losing, the number one pick, courtesy of the Carolina Panthers, big-time losers, is headed to Chicago, and we had an update from Adam Schefter yesterday that said that the widely held consensus is that the Chicago Bears, they're planning to draft Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Caleb Williams has kind of made it known that he doesn't want to go to Chicago, right? That's the rumor, yeah. They also like liked tweets on Twitter about that too, right? About Hadn't he like liked posts about how the Bears should keep Fields? I hadn't seen that, no. <laughs> That'd I want to say I want to say like towards the end of the season he was liking all I the doubt Justin Fields stuff in Chicago. I have seen that he has not been uh, super super excited to get over there towards Chicago. I don't know if I would either. I don't know how I feel about the chance to play in Chicago. Like, it's a franchise that you could quite possibly and quite easily become the best quarterback they've ever had. They've never had a 4,000-yard passer. The best quarterback they've ever had is either Jim McMahon, you know, that got carried by his defense that won a Super Bowl, so, like, he'll always kind of be a go-to just because of his personality and the winning. But if you're looking at just, like, numbers and talent, it might be Jay Cutler. So there has to be something appealing about being the best in your franchise's history, but at the same time, there has to be something to, like, why can this franchise – not ever have a quarterback that's competent. It befuddles me a lot because, well, we talked about it when we were doing our Super Bowl trivia. The Bears have only won one Super Bowl title, but there's, it still feels like a franchise steeped in tradition and has a great fan base. Chicago's a fantastic, outside of winter, Chicago's a fantastic town to so live in. Oh, it's so the best. It's, it's really cool, yeah. Is it's my favorite place, I've had honestly. Like three it's, damn trips planned, and they all have fallen through. It's my favorite big city. The there there is. I I love it. So that's the part that always blows me away is why that wouldn't be an attractive job to a young guy like Caleb Williams, uh, particularly if they show some commitment to winning. Um, What's the best months to go to Chicago, in your opinion? Um, June or July. Yeah, summer's great. Really? Summer is not too yes, hot? yeah, sometimes, but not often. What about I mean, May? What do you think about May? May would be good. May would be good, yeah. Yeah. And then early fall's great there too. I mean, cuz you know, it's football season, it feels like it. It's just it's November to February in particular. Once the Bears start losing, uh, everything changes. But man, the winter, oh my god, the winter can be rough there, man. It's hard, but uh, what a great city. It's like to me it's like New York City but cleaner, you know, it's just, uh, and the, the whole key there is they have alleys. I'm telling you, that's the, that's the difference. New York doesn't. So that's where all the trash can go overnight. Oh, okay. In, Put in them Chicago. In the alleys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome city. Love it. So anyway, I, I just, I'm kind of surprised Williams wouldn't want to go there. However, maybe he's trying to stump to get to Washington to play with his guy Kingsbury, I don't know. Well, Kingsbury wasn't there whenever he started. St- you know, the anti-Chicago stuff's been out for a while, so I-, I won't blame it for that. Yeah. Now maybe you know if it comes draft time and you know more stories come out and the interviews that he's doing with these teams, you know, are, are kind of leading to Chicago passing on him. 
maybe that's a different story. Maybe for Chicago, and, and maybe the best thing you do is try to convince Washington to trade with you, just up a spot and that's grab a couple extra just picks. Like, like if Caleb Williams doesn't want to be there, that's fine. Like trade Justin Fields, trade the number one pick, go back one spot, get Marv, get a couple extra, yeah, get a couple extra picks. Well, if you keep Fields, sure, get Marv, but if you if you trade back, maybe take Drake May or Jaden Daniels and try your luck there. Now, you know, I think you're just taking Caleb Williams or trading down. You know, I, I okay. don't think you're. Tra- I don't think you're trading the pick and then taking the second quarterback in the draft well, unless Drake, you just really don't like Caleb Williams. But like, well, not only. I mean, like you might like Caleb Williams, but like it might not be worth the headache of fighting. It's kind of like. Sure. I don't know if you remember Sam, but Bob, I'm sure you do. Like when Eli Manning was like, "Nope, not going to the Chargers. Yeah. Not doing that." And the Chargers like, "Fine." We'll draft you, but then if the Giants can get Philip Rivers, we'll just swap. And, you know, that kind of made sense for both of those. And, of course, the Giants won two Super Bowls, and many Chargers fans would say they had the better quarterback during that time, that Rivers was better. So there might be something there like, yeah, you know, we we, we, we prefer to have Caleb Williams, but if you don't want to be here, we won't fight him. We'll get a couple extra assets and draft Caleb Williams, or excuse me, draft Drake May or or Jaden Daniels. Although... I don't know if the fan base conversation, uh, uh, the idea of replacing Justin Fields and then bringing in Jaden Daniels, right. who isn't that similar, but is also a black mobile quarterback. I got, uh, that I think is more accurate, but isn't as beloved in Chicago. That would be an interesting change. Because like, if you're doing it for, for Caleb Williams, like, okay, this makes sense. If you're doing it for Drake May or, or Jaden Daniels, you, it's not doesn't feel like it has much of a slam dunk. I think what's interesting is that, like, Fields to me has the Chicago locker room, but the front office obviously wants to reset. I, and I and I, I was just gonna say, I still think the Bears. It, it's not overthinking it, but I think they've got it wrong. Just thinking they've got to move on from Fields. I agree. I really believe that. I, I think he's. I think he's he's efficient enough as a passer, and then he's got such a he's such a weapon running too. I I just I don't know. I sometimes I agree, but then whenever you say something like he's efficient enough. That that means like okay he's not the guy yeah he's not the guy and he's gonna get have to get paid like the guy because like that's that's important too is like the contract years. I don't think either of us would be shocked if Caleb Williams was as good as Justin Fields next year. Like coming in from day one, if he was as good as Justin Fields, and at that point he's a fraction of the price and he's under team control for longer and like you can yeah. save money. So like when I think of it from that perspective, it makes sense. On the other hand, you could get a big haul for trading Caleb Williams and fill out the rest of your team. And just if your quarterback is efficient enough, maybe you can build a team around him that can compete. So, I or you can see create a roster it. that basically says, like, hey, I have everything figured out besides the quarterback position. Now I know exactly it's not Justin Fields. And then, yeah, maybe you find a quarterback years later, or maybe, maybe you still take a quarterback with your pick. Right, yeah, you have eight, seven or eight. Yeah. yeah, maybe take a quarterback there. I, I don't know. I do find that to be a very intriguing top of the draft because Justin Fields is quite – he's right at that cutoff. I don't know which side of the cutoff he's on. He's right at the cutoff of good enough. And I think that then bears out the question, is Caleb Williams that generational a talent? Is he like Peyton Manning? Is he like you know Andrew Luck? Is he – well – uh, there, there would have been an argument, except for the size. But you know, there was a lot of people felt so bullish on Bryce Young, and it's early, but that's not going that well. I don't know. I, I, for sure, it feels like Justin Fields will have interested suitors uh, across the league. There's, 
you know, I wouldn't say they'll line up, you know, by the by the tens, but I think there will be some teams that will definitely be interested in having him as their QB one. Uh, That'll do it for us today. The red hot Marcus Young set to make his picks and make you some money on the GI Jake show. Stay locked in on Fan Run Radio.